Hi everyone and welcome to Masha and the Dogs. I'm Masha and we are here to talk about dogs. Um, and on this episode, I have another super exciting guest joining me today. Her name is Emily. Hi, Emily. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Uh, I'm super excited uh, for you to join us and I'm really excited to learn more about you and about your wonderful pup. Um, and so without further ado, let's uh, just go ahead and jump right into the episode. So uh, Emily, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So um, my name is Emily. I uh, work as a, a content strategist as uh, at a tech company here in town. So I'm actually, you know, in the middle of developing a podcast for our company. So this is a bit of a, you know, research in the field. Nice, nice, yes. Uh, very excited to be here. Um, but outside of that, um, my husband and I were actually pastors at a church here in Waterloo called Slate Church. Um, we were actually part of the team that launched the church like three and a half years ago. So we cool. absolutely love it. Um, so besides, you know, work and, and pastoring, uh, as for hobbies, um, I really like to read. Uh, I'm a very avid reader. My goal for this year is to read a hundred books. So we'll see That's how that goes. Ambitious. <laughs> it's very ambitious. We'll see during quarantine, you know, it, it kind of works, but as soon as, uh, as soon as things start opening up and life gets a bit busier, we'll see if I stay on track there, but wish me luck. <laughs> Good luck. Are you, how far along are you in your goal? How many books um, so far? I'm on track right now. So I think I'm at 24, which I should be at 25 by the end of this month in order to be on track. So we're, that's we're impressive. Yeah. That's impressive. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's amazing. So it sounds like you're an incredibly busy person. You definitely have a lot going on and I'm really, I, I'm really impressed with your um, goal for the year of 25 books. Do you, and you take them out from the library or do you have just like an impressive book collection in your house now <laughs> I wish it was just an impressive book collection it's a mixture of both um I wish I was rich enough to have just a beautiful full bookshelf of lots of books and I'm getting there but yes definitely lots of trips to the library to make that happen because we do not have endless book budget unfortunately nice that's okay it's uh hey you'll you'll get there eventually you'll have your own library yeah. um but as you know here on Masha and the Dogs um we're here to talk about dogs, not so much people. So I know you have an amazing puppy. He's still a puppy. So why don't you go ahead and introduce your little fur baby to us? Of course. So my dog's name is Chewy, short for Chewbacca, obviously. <laughs> I um, love it. He is in desperate need of a haircut. So he definitely looks like a little Wookiee right now. Um, he's a one-year-old cockapoo uh, so Cocker Spaniel Poodle Mix. He's a little bit smaller than most cockapoos. Um, he was bred with a, with a mini poodle. So he's just over a year now, definitely like still a puppy. Um, he's this kind of like caramelly color. We love to call him our little pumpkin spice latte. Oh, um, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, he's the best. He has like the absolute best personality. I, I mean, obviously I'm biased, but I think he's the best dog ever. Um, he's like super athletic. He loves to run. He loves to play. He loves to get chased by humans or by other dogs. It's his favorite thing. Mm -hmm. um, but so he's like super athletic on the one end of the spectrum, but he's also extremely lazy and cuddly on the other end. I've never met a dog that loves cuddles more than Chewy. Um, I actually <laughs> usually go to bed first and I'll bring Chewy with me and I'll lie down. He'll just like lie down and put his head on my chest. 
and then my <laughs> husband will come to bed and Chewy will wait for him and then as soon as my husband lies down he'll put his head on my husband's chest and it's like his favorite thing so Aww. he's just he's just the best he's so friendly he loves to make friends with everyone he meets dogs people doesn't matter he doesn't discriminate he loves he, no matter how big or how small the dog is he wants to be their friend so he's, nice. he's the best I love nice. him nice yeah I definitely love seeing your Instagram stories where you're working from home um, and Chewie's right there in your lap he has his head in like the crook of your elbow <laughs> um, and the one where you said that you actually put on um, cartoons for him to watch with other dogs and cats <laughs> or whatever that was amazing that was yeah. I think that was my favorite uh, post of the day yeah he uh he's a total lap dog and thinks that since i'm sitting at my desk all day it means it's an opportunity for him to sleep on my lap and so um i just yeah i'll put on i've discovered doggy youtube recently and he absolutely love it loves it he can just sit amazing i love hours. that i love that he like watches it too it's so good um do you want to tell us a little <laughs> bit about the origin story of chewy like how did he come to be in your life i think you have a, a pretty interesting story there so i'd love i'd definitely love for you to share it yeah for sure so chewy he's a total quarantine dog i think we got him we just celebrated one year of having him. So we got him on March, I think 25th, 2020. So literally like two weeks into lockdown, two weeks into working from home, my husband and I, we, we kind of had a hunch that this thing was gonna be, gonna last for a while. So we've always wanted a puppy, um, but we were, were like, like you said, we're just like both very busy people. So we never really had like the time or capacity to train a puppy. Right. Um, and so it was kind of like, well, this is the perfect time. We had kind of these savings for vacation in 2020. We kind of foresaw that, you know, borders probably weren't opening up anytime soon. So we're like, what if we just use that vacation budget and get a puppy? And so like, as soon as we made that decision, it was like this total whirlwind. Um, we called up this breeder um, that we had actually been interested in. And they were like, okay, we have two puppies here, but I already have an appointment this morning. So if you want to get this puppy, you have to get here like stat basically. So we just right. like middle of the day, like <laughs> on my lunch break, we sped to this breeder. They're in this uh, small town kind of just outside Waterloo here. Uh, we got there, there was two puppies there. And like the minute we met Chewy, we just, we just knew he was the one. He was just like the perfect pup for us. So amazing. And he's been a part of our family ever since. That's so cool. So it's really, um, I love that, you know, you spent your vacation budget on him instead. I think like that's the vacation that's going to last a lifetime. Yeah, right. <laughs> right? Um, but can you maybe talk a little bit about like your process? So you mentioned that you got Chewy from a breeder, which by the way, I think like that's great. Like, I don't think that there's anything wrong with getting your puppy from a breeder as long as you've kind of done your research and it's a reputable breeder. And I know that, you know, whoever you pick to get your puppy from, I'm sure they were very well qualified. So could you just little talk a little bit about like the research process and how did you know that that was the person or the breather that you wanted to go with? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I believe that like whether you choose to, you know, rescue or buy from a, from a breeder, you know, as a responsible dog owner, you kind of have to do what's right for you and for the dog. So if rescuing makes sense for you, 100% go for it. Um, my husband and I, we've actually gone the rescuing route in the past. A few years mm -hmm. ago, we rescued this um, older Mastiff named Maggie, and she was like such a great fit for us. She was this like 120 pound 
drooly chalky girl and we loved Amazing. her so much um and we were so like blessed to be able to give her just like a really awesome like kind of last year of her life she's a bit older she had some health issues but right. we were able to give her a really good home for that last that's year. amazing so um I, I so rescuing we're told i'm totally here for her. i also know that um most dogs that are currently in need of homes would not be a great fit for us you know we're not right. professional dog behavioralists um you know we aren't we're busy people. We aren't always home enough to be able to take care of a dog who might need us to be more attentive. Um, so, you know, as a responsible dog owner, we had to make that decision, you know, what's going to be best for us and what's going to be best for the dog. Um, and because of our lifestyle and our experience, we knew like a cockapoo poppy would be like the absolutely best, like the best fit for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started going through that process of finding the right breeder. Um, because that was really important to us. We wanted to make sure that the dogs were being kept, you know, in an ethical and a safe environment. Of course. Um, so, so for us, some of those boxes that needed to be checked were, you know, would the breeders allow us to tour the facility? Mm-hmm. Um, was it clean? Was it warm? Was there lots of space for the for the dog and the puppies? You know, were the mothers adequately cared for? Um, you know, do they ensure the puppies are checked by a vet and are dewormed? Um, so the breeder that we went with actually it's kind of a funny story so my husband and I had actually ended up scoping them out years ago actually before we got married um, because we knew that we wanted to we we thought we might want a cockapoo puppy after we got married Um, so it was perfect for us because we had already you know toured this facility we'd already been able to ask all the questions that we wanted to ask we knew that they had checked the boxes so we had put in that groundwork um, before we made the decision to buy Chewy Mm-hmm. Uh, so we were really confident going with them and that kind of helped speed up the process when we kind of made that decision okay we're gonna get yeah. puppy now let's go we already know where we want to go for that right so right I think there's a lot of you know messaging out there around like adopt don't shop and like I said I think rescuing is a really great option uh, but again it's not always going to be a great fit for everyone's lifestyle or home or experience um so, and it just might not be the best thing for yourself or your dog so I think for sure. you know, as a responsible dog owner, you you kind of understand both rescuing and buying a breeder. You make that decision that makes most sense for you. Uh, and if the best decision is to go with a breeder, that's great. I would say just make sure you make a list of what you're looking for in a breeder um, and come up with a list of questions that you want to ask to ensure you're supporting a business you know that's ethical and you know that takes good care of the dogs. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think like you've really made some great points there. So for sure, it's so important to be able to go and see the puppies and make sure that they're in a good environment, right? So you're not, you're not you know, you're not getting a puppy from like a puppy mill or another unhealthy situation. Um, and I think that, you know, responsible breeders are important because they really try and maintain like the, the breed standard and they make sure that um, the breed is healthy. You know, as an example, we have um, dash hounds and they have a lot of back problems. And so when we got Sonia 16 years ago now from a breeder, we also did a lot of research to make sure that, you know, they were responsible and kind of looked at their track record to understand like, okay, so how many of their dogs had IVDD and kind of how likely all of that is. So I think like it's definitely important to support those responsible breeders as well that are really looking out for the the best um I guess outcomes and the health of the breed you just exactly how you said you have to know what questions to ask and you you shouldn't compromise on that right like if if something if you have like a bad feeling about something or it doesn't tick any of the, some of the boxes that you have on your list um look elsewhere but definitely 
um, do, do your do your research and your due diligence. So thanks. Thanks for sharing that with us. Um, and now we're going to get to like the most exciting part, I think, where we're going to talk about why Chewie um, is your hero and kind of what makes him so special um, and uh, just all around wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, I'm very biased. I love him so much, but I have to say that, you know, my favorite quality about him is just um, just the joy that he brings to the people mm -hmm. around him. Um, you know, people just can't help but fall in love with him. He's just like, everyone's like, oh, look at the little teddy bear. Like people always just love his his cute little face and his very quirky personality. Uh, yeah. And I, I love, you know, one of my favorite things to do with Chewy is just to take him to like the Starbucks drive-through. And every time the baristas are, that you just see their face light up. They love him. He always gets offered puppuccinos. And oh, of course. course, he always gets excited when we go to the Starbucks drive-through. Oh, he he's, <laughs> he's there he's their best customer he, is, he really is oh my goodness he has a gold card at this point but amazing everyone we pass on the street they want to meet him um and he just loves meeting people back and they're he's just as excited to meet them as they are of him and um you know you never know what people are going through and i, I like to think that chewy has you know, on a few occasions, you know, maybe turn someone's day around or, or brought a smile on their face. For sure. Um, and I think that that's really special. And I, th I think even just like, I especially love the connection that he has with kids. Like, mm -hmm. um, I don't have any kids myself, but um, our friends, uh, they have three kids. Uh, they're all like under the age of five. They're kind of crazy. Um, we brought Chewie over to their house one night and these kids just, they just loved him. They would like take turns, like, holding his leash and like pulling him around the basement Aww. essentially and of course Chewie was such a good sport about it all um and it's actually really funny I was talking to my friend and she's actually um our pastor and she um uh, was telling me that her oldest um every night before bed would make sure to pray for Chewie and as part of her bedtime prayers oh that's so sweet it's just, it's just, I love just like the impact that he makes with, with everyone that he comes into contact with and I, I would just say, yeah, the joy and happiness he brings wherever he goes is definitely my my favorite thing about him. Oh, for sure. Listen, he's brought like a smile to my face so many times when <laughs> I see him on Zoom calls, like instantly, you know, just everything gets better. And I think like... I, I like that you focused on like the joy and the happiness that he brings because, you know, especially um, during the pandemic, you know, people are like really feeling down and you mentioned that you, you, you know, you got him in the pandemic. And I think that like, that really helps like lift your spirits and kind of support your mental health. Right. And then just it kind of, there's a ripple effect, right? Like he makes you happy for sure. But then like you take him for a walk and other people see him, he makes them smile. I think that's huge. Like, um, and he's just, he's just being him. Like it's not any sweat off his back. He's just being cute. Right. Yeah. You know, I always, I always want to be the kind of person that can, you know, make someone's day or, or brighten someone's day or, or just bring a positive attitude. But sometimes when you're passing people on the street, you can't always, you know, have that impression on every single person that you come in contact with. And it's really fun taking Chewy for a walk and just seeing that kind of like power that he has. And it's like, I, I, I almost like, it's almost like I kind of aspire to be like Chewy where I don't, I can just bring that kind of joy and happiness with me wherever I go to. 
Oh, I love that. I love that. I think, well, I think you do. You're bringing lots of joy and happiness to me right now with being on this oh. podcast. <laughs> and I think you're probably doing that for everybody who's listening now too, because you're spreading a chewy story. Um, and yeah, like, especially in the pandemic, right? Because I think the one thing that still unites people are their love for dogs. Like, People are currently kind of avoiding each other. If you're not, you know, people are not wearing masks in public, like all that social distancing stuff, like it's a little bit scary, but I think like the one thing that we still have to kind of all be happy about are dogs. So it's so true. I, I love that. Perfect. Okay. So, um, Thank you for sharing Chewy with us and talking a little bit about him and bringing him to life and um, sharing the joy and the happiness that he brings. So if you're ready, um, we can go ahead and get into uh, chatting about the very important historical canine figure for today. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, you messaged me earlier and said that I was going to be very excited about this one. So I'm on the edge of my seat right now. Okay, awesome. So, um... You, Emily, you mentioned that you really like reading and you like books and you have a goal to read 100 books this year and you're already on number 25, which is pretty impressive. So I thought it would be quite fitting to pick um, a character that started out as a uh, character in a, in a book, a dog uh, character in a book, and then was turned into a movie. Um, so... In today's episode, we will be looking back on a very important uh, historical canine figure in cinematography. Um, this little dog was one of the most prolific canine actors, and even though her most famous movie appearance um, happened all the way back in the 1930s, it's still very well known today. It's very well loved. And the subject of this episode is Terry, the Cairn Terrier but you probably know her better as Toto from The Wizard of Oz. I love The Wizard of Oz. Oh my goodness. That is definitely a very famous dog. Most definitely, and also very cute. Um, so before we dive in, uh, just some of the resources that I used to get this information. You know, you always want to credit your resources. Um, I looked at npr.org, which had really um, exhaustive, great article on Terry. Um, I looked at barkpost.com and then offleash.com.au, which is an Australian website, and it's actually really cool. Um, okay, so firstly, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing the breed correctly. It's Cairn Terrier, I guess. So let me just kind of like paint. Everybody knows what Toto looks like, okay? But still, let's let's talk about the breed a little bit. So uh, the breed actually originated in Scotland in the 16th century, um, and they were used to hunt rats and vermin. So they're pretty small uh, dogs. Um, and they got their names because they were directed to leap over cairns, which are basically piles of rocks that mark boundaries and graves to scare out rodents and other small animals. All right. So there we go. Um, now, these little guys usually weigh in at about six to eight kilos. Um, but even though they're small, they're, they're not really delicate. <laughs> they have very compact bodies. They have pretty short legs uh, and high tails, and they're very tough for their size. Um, so they have a soft undercoat, um, but a shaggy water resistant top coat. So they always kind of look a bit scrappy. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
even I think like after you get them groomed, they kind of look like they're ready to rough you up a little bit. Um, they come in many colors, um, but they tend to be black, red, brindle, silver, or mix. Um, and other than their messy hair, they're probably most notable for their bright little faces and bushy eyebrows. I love their eyebrows and their little mustaches. It's the best. Yes. Yeah. And I think um, Terry, or um, as we know her, uh, better Toto. I think she was um, black with like a little bit of a red um, throughout her face, which was super cute. Okay. So now turning to uh, Terry or Toto, as she was actually later renamed. So um, Terry had a little bit of a rough rough start unfortunately. Um, she was abandoned by her birth parents. Um, yeah and then um, there was this German couple who had taken her in and she was actually so scared that she spent almost three weeks hiding under the bed. Oh no. Yeah she was just super super scared. Um, but um, the um, Sorry, yeah, so this couple that had um, taken her in, like I mentioned, they were German, um, but um, they actually moved to the States, and so they lived uh, in California, and so this is where Terry would, uh, was um, born in 1933. Uh, she was born in Altadena, California, um, and she actually had the... Good fortune to grow up in the golden age of canine film performers. Um, and many of these canine film performers actually honed their acting chops at a Hollywood dog training school that was owned by Carl Spitz. Huh. You may have heard of him. I don't know. Have you heard of him before? Um, it's, the name sounds familiar. So he definitely um, was a very popular dog trainer in Hollywood. Um, and um, I think I'll talk a little bit about later why he was so popular. But it was actually um, at this time that um, some movies could have sound in them. Right. So he, you couldn't just like tell your dog... Uh, dogs like the different commands right. he invented like using his hands to communicate with his dogs oh. so that they could still follow kind of his um, commands and his prompts without him having to speak so then um, they, they didn't have to like cut out his you know audio and stuff because um, they didn't have the same type of technology that we have today yeah that's that's so interesting you know I don't know if you've ever seen the movie singing in the rain but it's definitely yes. like all the issues that come with like sound in film and it's like I never would have considered what that would have meant for you know dogs on set but that makes total sense yeah for sure um so as I mentioned um the uh so Carl Spitz uh was a very sweet natured German and he had taken Terry in um and he actually trained military and police police dogs during World War One uh before immigrating to the US in nineteen twenty six. So this is kind of how he came to have this um background in training dogs because he trained military dogs. Um so as I mentioned, um Terry had a pretty rough start to her life and she was very shy, she was very anxious. Um, and she was basically, um, up until one year old or so, she, um, had a little bit of a problem with peeing on the carpet a lot just because she was so scared of everything Aww. all the time. But, um, you know, she 
was a fighter at heart, as we learned this breed is very tough, so she refused to be defined by her weak bladder. Um, and so eventually she came out from under the bed and really channeled all of her insecurities into her training. Um, and just five short years later, she was on top of the world. Wow, this is a real rags to riches story. It sure is. <laughs> um, so uh, she was no longer, like I said, an insecure carpet wetter. <laughs> um, but she was now Toto uh, with a career defining role in The Wizard of Oz, um, which um, was basically made her into uh, one of the most beloved um, dogs in Hollywood history. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I met, I kind of alluded to this before already, but um, it was a really exciting era in Hollywood at this point because the industry was transitioning from silent to talking pictures. So um, kind of like I mentioned already. And so um, what happened was you had to have off-screen instructions to on-screen canine performers um but you couldn't tell like say them out loud anymore so spitz basically carl spitz who was terry's um uh, handler he invented the system of silent hand signals um that he gave to his canine actors um and he really obviously had a huge advantage huge advantage with that because it allowed his dogs to be in movies without him kind of having to you know talk all over the the audio track um and so when terry arrived in has spitz's charge his elite training school uh already boasted a number of um bourgeoisie canine stars i am having a lot of trouble speaking today uh it is monday after work so don't uh I, i apologize for that but um just one that was really famous was Buck, and he was the school's St. Bernard who was set to star opposite Clark Gable in the upcoming Call of the Wild in 1935. Oh. So we're talking big names here, like yeah. Terry. She was rolling with the big boys, you know? Yeah, I'm I, mean, I mean, you mentioned that uh, like this was a celebrity dog, and I was kind of like, what celebrity dogs am I going to know about? But yeah, of course, like there have not... I don't know, there's not been a lot of dogs that have made, you know, such an impact on my childhood as Toto has. <laughs> yeah, right? Well, it's so true. Like, when I think about, she she was probably, you know, when I was a kid too, yeah, like she was probably the first dog that I saw on TV too, because who hasn't watched The Wizard of Oz? Yeah, absolutely. Like, and you can't see like another, like another kind of her breed without thinking, oh, there's a Toto right there, you know? Like, it's like almost kind of like they're one and the same. Yes. Um, they're not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Yeah. Um, so at first, um, Carl's, Carl and his wife, Alice, um, they had decided that they were going to keep um, this young troubled terrier as a, as a household pet. Um, but Terry, who had, begin, uh, who had uh, been picking up some of her own tricks, uh, had much bigger ambitions okay girl was dreaming big just because she was a little bit of a carpet water did not mean that she wasn't gonna you know just chase her dreams which is really i was gonna say she's really you know breaking the dog glass ceiling oh you're oh man you're gonna learn about that a little bit later but she she really is and just like persevering and not letting like her size or her anxiety and shyness slow her down you know um so 
essentially when an entourage of Hollywood executives um, accompanied Gable to Spitz's kennel to visit Buck, so this is for the Call of the Wild, like I mentioned, Terry really caught their attention, um, and soon she was coming with her trainer to Paramount Studios for auditions. So, um, like I said, Carl had, you know, already uh, been teaching her some tricks um, and she was used to kind of responding to his hand signals. So when she started to audition um, at Paramount Studios, she was basically natural. It was pretty easy for her, um, which is crazy because like I think about my dogs and like they know some tricks for sure. But like if I, I placed Lucia in like a high energy situation and like try to get her to do tricks she just like ignore me completely and be all over the place <laughs> oh yeah no like chewy can do recall in our own backyard fine as soon as you put them in a the dog park it's like it's all out the window right it's like they forget that they even know anything so yeah. i don't know how these trainers and their dogs do it they must have like laser focus so um but anyway, so, uh, you know, guided by Carl's expert hands, um, Terry uh, landed her first part as an, uh, she was actually uncredited um, in Paramount's 1934 romantic comedy that was called Ready for Love. I've never seen it. I haven't either. And they didn't credit Terry in it, so it's probably not worth watching. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, and then later that year, she got her big break after she charmed a six-year-old girl named Shirley Temple. Shirley Temple? What? Yes! Oh, cool. <laughs> um, and so she, so Terry was the, uh, she took the role of the child's, of the child star's canine companion, companion in Bright Eyes. Oh, I've actually never seen that one. Now I'm going to have to watch it. Yeah, right? Yeah, we're good. I, I haven't seen it either, but I'm definitely going to watch it because Toto is in it. Exactly. My favorite dog star. Also, like, can I just say, these people, like Shirley Temple, Clark Gable, like, these dogs are... The star-studded, like, friendships that this dog is making. Oh, my goodness. Does it ever, like, make you kind of sad that it's like, I'm never going to be, you know, at the level of fame and fortune as this dog was? <laughs> Right? Yeah, I mean, I, I did read this and I kind of went, mm. <laughs> she definitely did better with her life than I did, but that's okay. Um, so in no time, Terry went from being a little shy, anxious, kind of like, you know, carpet wedding little dog to being Carl's uh, most kind of um, uh, sought after performer. And she starred with Spencer Tracy in uh, Fritz Lang's Fury. That was uh, 1936. Uh, and then she was in Mickey Rudy's uh, in Stable Mates. That was 1934, uh, sorry, 1938. I haven't seen any, any of those movies, but. I haven't either. And you know what, Maria? I studied film studies in university. So you'd think I would have seen these, but I haven't. But now it's like, okay, this is like my next, you know, movie marathon night is going to be all the Terry films. Yes, I'm definitely, I mean, they're all on my list. I don't think they're on Netflix, but maybe we should start a petition. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and in between shoots, uh, Terry's life at Hollywood Dog Training School um, uh, was idyllic. So the training school spread over 10 acres near LA's Laurel Canyon Boulevard, uh, and it had large grassy play areas. It had pur porcelain bathtubs for the dogs. What? Yep. 
and and um she had homemade vegetable and beef bone soups served daily oh wow living that high life so kind of going back to you know um if you're thinking of um, buying a puppy from a breeder here are some things that you want to make sure they have at their breeding facility i do like yes. large grassy play areas porcelain bathtubs yep yeah, adding those all to the checklist. Homemade soup every day. All right, that's on the checklist for sure. Right? No porcelain bathtubs, then you can't get a puppy from no, that. Every no. <laughs> Unethical. Um, yes, yeah, so despite the creature comforts um, and steady paychecks, um, Terry really hungered for a meteor starring role. Like she knew that she had, you know, the potential. Like sure, she was starring along Shirley Temple and sure she was in all these other movies, but she really wanted something that was just going to take her career to the next level. So um, when Carl Spitz learned that MGM was planning to translate um, L. Frank Baum's The Wonderful Wizard of Oz onto the silver screen, he started putting Terry through her paces. So some of the things that he wanted to make sure that she had, you know, in her back pocket for these auditions was sitting, yeah, barking, of course, chasing witches. Of course. I mean, those are like the three, like the, put that on my resume. Those are the three things that I can do. Um, weren't you um, at one point considering changing your, t- your title to um, marketing content creator? <laughs> great LinkedIn ad. I don't even remember what it was for, but their mascot was a puppy. And it's like our chief marketing officer is like, sign me up for a demo. I don't know what this is, but I want to sign up with you. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, great marketing strategy for sure. Um, but, um, you know, Terry wasn't Carl's only uh, gifted performer. Um, but so there were basically other dogs up in, in the running for the role of Toto in The Wizard of Oz. Um, but because of the il- illustrations in the book, um, she was also kind of like a dead ringer for Dorothy's dog, Toto. So she looked basically exactly the same. I don't think that in The Wizard of Oz, like in the book, that they actually say what breed of dog it is. But Toto looks essentially the same as the drawings do. I don't know. Have you read? Have you read the book or did you just see the movie? I definitely read it like back in like grade three or something, but it's, I mean, it's true. And I think there's also a level of like, even when you read the book, knowing how like, like classic the movie is now, you can't disassociate like Terry's image from the Toto that you imagine. For sure. For sure. Yeah. It's just like completely ingrained um, in, in your brain. And I think like, it's crazy. This movie was like made back in, you know, really the 1930s and it's just Toto is such, so like, who doesn't know Toto, right? Yeah. Right. Um, so everybody knows that Toto um, drives the Wizard of Oz plot more than any other character. Um, and so he which is an interesting thing because in The Wizard of Oz, the dog is a boy. True. Um, But he's the reason that Dorothy doesn't make it into the storm shelter in Kansas, uh, and he's the one to unmask the wizard's true identity. Oh, wow. Yeah, but to land the role of a lifetime, obviously Terry had to cross some gender lines. Yeah. And she did. She did. She totally did. She played male Toto, which I think is... Also, which is great to, to say that, like, girls can do anything that they put their minds to. 
She truly is a feminist icon. I 100% agree <laughs> with that. Um, yes. So she not only had to cross these gender lines to play the male Toto from the book, but she also had to beat out a hundred or so other dogs that MGM uh, producer Mervyn Leroy was auditioning each week for the job. Wow. I didn't even know there were that many like stunt dogs, you know, out there. But also, how do you make a decision? Like you're auditioning hundreds of dogs. Like, how do you, first of all, I would like this job. I mean, it's, it's so true. It's not like when you, if you're like a person auditioning for a part and they can like, all right, now give a different intonation or like say this differently, like a dog can sit or they can't sit, you know, there's not really <laughs> a lot of in between. Yeah. So, I mean, I think for, for Terry here, um, it was mostly the fact that she looked exactly like the Toto from the illustrations in the book, but also I think that she just was so sweet. Um, and probably, you know, her like spirit really shown through, like, despite kind of starting off, um, her life in this kind of, you know, sad way. She was very, you know, anxious, shy. She peed herself a lot. <laughs> now to be, you know, the the front runner for one of the most important roles of the century, like, I think it, it probably shone through. Yeah. Um, I mean, not surprisingly, uh, the well-prepared Terry landed the role um, and she formed an instant bond with the film star Judy Garland. Aww. And uh, added another roster of celebrities to her, to her portfolio. <laughs> really, I'm I'm a little bit jealous over here. I know, me too, me too. So this is another really cool fact about Terry. Okay, so um, not only uh, is she a feminist dog, okay, because she played um, as a as a female, she played a, a male character. Um, not only did she overcome her insecurities to become one of the most prolific canine actors of her time and age, but also on the set of Wizard of Oz, Terry pulled down $125 per week. This is like the 1930s. Yeah, I wonder what, what's that like adjusted for inflation? Um, I think I had that somewhere, but I think in like 2019, it was like thousands of dollars essentially. That's crazy. Oh my goodness. And imagine, you know, being the owner and just being have to be like, here's my dog. And then you get paid for it. That's great. Um, but the other like funny thing about it, or maybe not funny, maybe kind of sad, depending on how you choose to interpret this, but she was actually making more than any, than many of the human actors in the film. You know what? I have heard a lot of stories about maybe some things that have happened on set in The Wizard of Oz that maybe weren't, you know, they were less than ideal. So that doesn't actually entirely shock me. Yes. So definitely a bit of a double edged sword here. Like great for Terry. Amazing that, you know, she um, was able to make this much money as a dog. Also, like, a very, very bad look on MGM for yeah, not paying the humans more. Um, but, you know, uh, that's how they were able to afford the porcelain bathtubs and the uh, handmade beef soup at the, at the training school where Terry was at. Um, now, she, 
she definitely, you know, earned every penny. Um, and after weeks of the jitters, she learned to hide behind her fellow actors when the terrifying wind machines were activated. So she was definitely a little bit scared, still a little bit anxious, Terry coming through, but she persevered. However, it did there was an incident that happened that was a little bit sad. So when she was getting comfortable on set, um, disaster struck. So we know that Terry was small. Okay, she was a small, small dog. Uh, and while she was rehearsing a scene, one of the Wicked Witch's soldiers actually accidentally stepped on Terry and sprained her paw. Oh no, Terry. I know. And some some sources I read actually say that he didn't just spray her, sprain her paw. He actually broke it. Oh my goodness. So she's putting her life on the line too. Like yeah, this no is dangerous. Kidding. No kidding. She, like, you know, um, so she was out uh, filming for a little while, unfortunately, but Carl was able to find another terrier to send in uh, for Terry while she recovered. But she did return a few weeks later. Don't okay. you count her out. She's a tough <laughs> cookie. Uh, but both her and her handler, Carl, were very uh, anxious for the remainder of the shoot. Understandably yeah. so. Yeah, of course. But um, they made it happen because we have the movie. Um, so the final project, as we know, uh, was absolutely spectacular. Uh, the Wizard of Oz was released in August of 1939, and it would become the most watched film of all time that wow. point um and terry was actually subsequently re-christianed toto of course of so they course. they did change her name um so she was officially toto which like isn't terry kind of like mostly a male a male name i associate it more with a male name but maybe i'm i think i think it can be either i think i know more male terry's um, but I mean, that's very convenient that her name already started with a T and was already two syllables. So that seemed like a pretty easy fix. Yeah. And I think it's like totally fair that she was called Toto because that was really the defining role of her career. Yeah. Um, and she owned it, you know, she really yeah. embodied that character. So why not? Yeah. Great for her personal brand too, you know? Yeah. Oh man. Think about the kind of like Instagram influence that she could have had if oh she goodness. had Instagram back then, you know? Yeah. So Toto, um, the character in Wizard of Oz, and now Toto, the real dog, became Hollywood's most beloved dog, of course. Of course. Yes. And I would argue that she probably still is. Like, yeah, I, I don't know if I can think of another like celebrity dog that I would just you know, know by name and, and, and see a picture and be like, okay, I know exactly what dog that is. Yeah, like she's definitely an icon. Um, so... She did go on to star in several other films, uh, and she did make many public appearances. You know, she was a celebrity like Shirley Temple, whatever, give me Toto. Um, you know? <laughs> I wonder if she gave out photographs. That would be so cute. Oh my goodness, I would die for one of those. Right? Um, unfortunately, she did pass away uh, in 1944. Um, so she was 11 years old because she was born in 1933. Okay. Um, so, it, you know, it's not the longest life, especially when you think about how long dogs live these days. But I think considering this was back, you know, in the 1930s, um, mid 40s, 
it's not so bad. Um, and Terry, um, or Toto as we know her now, she, she did, um, uh, have puppies and, uh, she, one of her puppies named Rami actually even, uh, followed her into the spotlight and starred in, in some movies, um, as well. Oh, that's nice. I wonder if you could like follow her lineage. Like if you were to get one of those like 23 and Me's but for dogs and to find out that, you know, your dog's answer ancestor was Toto, that'd be pretty cool. That would be cool. And I think you probably could because like, um, so they did that with Rin Tin Tin. He was a German Shepherd. He was another very big, uh, you know, movie dog and they had like over the years multiple Rin Tin Tins because he fathered many other you know German Shepherds that also became like TV stars so I'm sure that you could do something similar with uh Terry slash Toto the Karen Terrier and see how many of her offspring ended up um in other movies as well well in particular because she was part of this um really well-renowned Hollywood dog school so yeah. Yeah, but yeah, the, that's the that's the story of Terry slash Toto, the Karen Terrier, mm -hmm. uh, also known as the most beloved dog uh, in Hollywood. Oh, that was so great! I feel like that's something I've I, like I learned something new today about a dog that like honestly was very quintessential to my childhood. I would say probably you know I've always loved dogs I could probably you know point back to the Wizard of Oz being one of those reasons why I always wanted a dog growing up so it was really a delight to hear Toto's slash Terry's story and see where she came from and you know what honestly kind of be inspired by that like wow if she can do it you know what can I do <laughs> right yeah and I think like definitely to the story of like how she was such a shy kind of anxious pup and even on set she was like a little bit scared I think like a lot of people can relate to that too like I definitely have anxiety I am definitely would consider myself to be a little bit of a like more like shy person but if Toto could do it I can do right? it exactly exactly and that's you know that should be on an inspirational poster I think so. Maybe we should make an inspirational meme. Maybe I'll do that for, for the Instagram post. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. I'll share it and inspire everyone with it. Nice. So I'm definitely going to post some pictures of Toto on my Instagram, which is just Masha dot and the dogs. So look out for uh, pictures of Toto there. And I'm also definitely going to make sure that we see Chewy. So definitely going to post a picture of Chewy in there as well. Um, is there anywhere that listeners could follow Chewy in social media or see him if they wanted to? Yeah, so this is a great reminder that I need to update his Instagram page because he does have an Instagram page. It's at Chewy the Potat, so like potato, but without the O at the end because when he was born, he basically just looked like a little furry potato with little legs. Um, so you can follow him there and, and follow all of his adventures. I love it. Okay, definitely. So I'll definitely post a picture of Chewy and then I'll make sure to tag him as well so that people could easily go and give him a follow. Um, okay, well, this was amazing. We learned about two very inspirational dogs today, Chewy, who inspires joy and happiness in people and makes people smile and makes their days a little bit brighter, even if they're having a bad one. And we learned about Terry, who uh, is better known as Toto from The Wizard of Oz. And we learned about how she overcame 
anxiety and shyness and a weak bladder um, <laughs> to become to become the most um, prolific canine actor of her time and definitely an inspiration to many dogs and humans out there. So thank you, Emily, so much for coming on the podcast and sharing a little bit about your story and Chewie's story. It was really great to have you. You're an amazing guest. Oh, thank you. Yeah, anytime. You know, Chewie's my favorite topic to talk about. So anytime I have an excuse to do that, I'm more than happy to. Amazing. And thank you to everybody who tuned into our episode episode today. It was, uh, I hope you liked it and uh, definitely stay tuned for the next episode. It's going to be another good one. But for now, um, have a good day and go cuddle your dog.